Hello everyone, and I'm glad that you could join us today. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been in a situation that it was just too hard and too painful to forgive? That, that thing that someone else did to you was just way too much. Maybe it happened way too often that you just couldn't forgive them. It could be that that person who hurt you isn't sorry at all, and every time that person comes to mind or in conversation, all the hurt that they've ever caused you comes in like an emotional uh, tidal wave. Uh, and so, to protect yourself, you put up these, these walls of unforgiveness as if to give you some sort of control over the situation. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 to 15, he said these very words. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 to 15, he says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will, for, uh, will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive those, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now, this is a difficult verse to digest, uh, especially if you've been deeply wounded. And, and maybe, uh, maybe you've been betrayed or uh, lied to or cheated on or abused by or stolen from or lost a loved one because of this individual's lack of judgment or, or malicious act. How do you forgive someone who does the unthinkable, the, the, the unforgivable? Today, I want to talk to you about how to love like Jesus by forgiving like Jesus. How to love others who don't necessarily deserve it. How to love the un unlovable. How, my prayer for you today is that God would bring healing to uh, broken hearts, freedom to captive hearts, and peace to anxious hearts. Jesus modeled for us tremendous forgiveness when he hung on the cross. He was betrayed by a friend. He was abandoned by his friends. He was falsely accused, viciously beaten, and sentenced to die a cruel death on the cross. All this made possible because of a corrupt judicial system. As if uh, to pour even more salt on his wounds, his enemies mocked him and spat on him and, and even celebrated in his suffering while he labored for every breath that he could muster when he hung there on the cross. But in the midst of all of this, when humanity was at its worst, Jesus was at his best. And he uttered these words in Luke chapter 23, verse 34. And this is what he said. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. You see, in that moment, Jesus chose to forgive that which could easily be classified as unforgivable. You know, live long enough and you're bound to be hurt by somebody. And, and it could be that as I bring up this topic of forgiveness, you know, people that have hurt you or hurtful uh, circumstances have already come to your mind. Could be that as uh, there's something that, that just recently happened or, or maybe it was something that was happened long ago. Maybe you thought you had already resolved it in your heart. But now, uh, again, the emotions are raw. Could be that maybe you blame God for what had happened. And, and there's been a wedge in your relationship ever since then. Maybe the real person you're angry with is you.
Maybe it's yourself. Maybe you've gone and done something that you just can't undo and it has marked you for life. You understand the concept of forgiving others, but still hold yourself in contempt. You know if you, 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 in your head that God has forgiven you, but your heart, it just hasn't registered there. So how do we love like Jesus? By forgiving like Jesus. How do we do that? Love and forgiveness are, are the, at the heart of the gospel. See, God loved us so much that He gave His Son. He sent Jesus to this earth so that we could be forgiven of our sin. And sin is an act of disobedience that we've committed against God's commands. And as we are forgiven, He calls us to forgive others. Jesus said that, uh, that people around us will know that we are His followers how? How did he? By, going, by being perfect or, or attend church regularly, uh, can recite, a, 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 recite a, a, in, by heart a gazillion scripture verses, always behave accordingly, always appear accordingly, uh, because we've all done these good things? No. No. People will know we love Jesus by the way we love others. This morning, I want to give you just two thoughts, two simple thoughts, not easy to do, but simple to internalize, on how to learn to love like Jesus, by forgiving like Jesus, right? The first thought is this, is to pray for those who hurt us. Pray for those who hurt us. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 28, Luke chapter 6, 27 to 28. But to you who are willing to listen, I say to your, uh, to, uh, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Praying for those who have hurt us is not for their benefit. It's not for their benefit. It's for ours. Would you believe that? It's for our benefit. Jesus was teaching something that was so counterculture at the time. It was shocking. I mean, jaw-dropping shocking. Pray for those who hurt you. Whatever happened to the eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, I don't want to pray for those who hurt me. I want justice. I want my rights. I, they should have to suffer just as I have suffered. But just as crazy as his teaching was back then, it still is for us today. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, he says these words. He says, you have heard the law that says, and now think about this. You've heard the law that says, in other words, he's addressing the fact that you've already been taught this and you've been taught this your whole life. And in verse, it continues on, verse 43, you have heard the law and it is, that it says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. The audience Jesus is speaking to had been taught their whole life to love those who love them and hate those that are unkind to them. Now listen, people don't need to be taught this today. It's already the standard by, by the way we live. This is a cultural norm for us in North America. You see, whenever I put on my Rough Rider jersey, I have perfect strangers come up to me and ridicule me and persecute me for it. 
Now, never mind that. I have friends that do the same. But guess what Jesus tells me to do? I mean, this is jaw-droppingly shocking in verse 44. He says this. He says, but I say, right? He says, but I say, uh, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. The Jews in the audience were taught an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You hurt me and I'll hurt you back. You take something from me and, and I'll take something of yours. Well, the Romans in the audience were taught that if you hurt me, I'll hurt you worse. You, you take something of mine, guess what? I'm going to take that and much more from you. They didn't worship the God of justice like the Jews did. They worshiped a God of revenge. But Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for them. Why did Jesus teach on this? Uh, a right attitude precedes a right action. Let me say that again. A right attitude precedes a right action. When I'm overwhelmed with bitterness, there is no way that I'm going to have a right action. But if I'm praying for someone, what happens? A shift in attitude. A shift in attitudes. Having the right attitude will eventually lead to having the right action. If you're uh, waiting for that loving feeling uh, to come on over you as, as you forgive that person that, that has wronged you, you could be waiting a long time for that. Transformation only happens by the renewing of our minds. Having the right attitude will lead to the right action. And listen, forgiveness is not a one-and-done transaction. It's not a one-and-done transaction. It is a continual discipline. Just because you've dropped the offense doesn't mean you can't pick it up again. And so when you're tempted to get all offended and hurt again and develop, you've got to develop the strength and courage and discipline not to, not to pick it up again. Now listen to me just for a moment. Just because you started praying for someone you hate, the one who has wronged you and hurt you and caused you pain and suffering, doesn't mean that they'll automatically change. Because really, the truth is, the fact is, they might not. They might not ever change. But that's not what this is really all about. It's not about changing. Only by God's power and grace will they change, but that's between them and God, not you. What's between you and God is praying for them. Now, I want to just take a moment here. If somebody has abused you and hurt you, I want to tell you something. Forgiveness mean, doesn't mean that you don't draw up boundaries. Boundaries are healthy to have. And if somebody has hurt you, they don't have free access to your life anymore. They don't. You have to put in healthy boundaries to protect you. I, I think there's somebody out there, out there that, that needs to hear that. Forgiveness doesn't mean that all bets are off and now you've got free access to my life. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Forgiveness doesn't make you a doormat or make you easily accessible to be abused again. No way. No way. Draw up healthy boundaries, godly boundaries that will protect your safety. So what's another way that we can love like Jesus? The second thought is this, forgive as we've been forgiven. Colossians chapter 3, 13 says this. It says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Now, I can't speak for any of you. 
I don't know what you've done, how many lies you've told, or how many people you've hurt, and, and how often you've lied to yourself, or how often you've disobeyed God and sinned against Him. I can't speak for you, but I, I can tell you right now, honestly and openly, that God has forgiven me of a lot of things. Forgiven me of a lot of things, and just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean that I always get it right. I still make mistakes. But I tell you, when God has forgiven me, I am compelled to forgive others in the same manner. The relationship that, that, that need the most protecting and requires the most forgiveness are the ones that are closest to us. Whether it be a relationship with a close friend or a significant other, a spouse, your spouse, or your children, or any other family member, as time goes on, someone in those relationships is bound to disappoint you, frustrate you, and even hurt you. And when it happens, it feels like a betrayal. And nothing hurts more than being betrayed by someone that you completely trust. It is in those times that you may not have what it takes to forgive. And I want to just tell you that's okay. That's okay. Because God can give us the power we need to forgive in those circumstances. Forgiveness means that we give up our right to no longer hold an offense against that individual. You see, the same way we receive is the same way we give. With an open hand, or in, case, in this case, an open heart. You cannot give something if your hands are clenched tightly, nor can you receive anything. We forgive the unforgivable by forgiving as we have been forgiven. What's the alternative? Unforgiveness leads to bitterness. Anne Lamott says this, Bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. <laughs> Doesn't that sound ridiculous? Well, let me just tell you, if that's your game plan, good luck with that. The only thing, uh, the, the only one that's held captive from an offense is the one holding on to that offense. And the only way to let go and be free of it is laying it at the feet of Jesus. I'll never forget the words of encouragement a fellow student passed on to me when I was going through a real difficult time in my, my freshman year of Bible college. And these words have stuck with me all down through the, through the years. They said these simple words, let go and let God. Let go and let God. And the question that comes back to all of us this morning is, is this, is do we trust God enough to let it go? Do we trust God enough to let it go? Think about this for a moment. We're talking about the God of the universe and, and beyond. We're talking about the God who created all things with the sound of His voice. We're talking about the God who amazingly put us together in our mother's wombs. We're talking about the God who faithfully causes the sun to rise in the east and set in the west every single day. We're talking about the God who had every right to destroy humanity in the Garden of Eden when they first sinned against Him, but instead we're talking about the God who gave everything He had through Jesus Christ, His one and only Son, so that we could have life and life abundantly. So my question to you today is this. Do you trust God enough to let it go? Do you trust God enough to let it go? Here's what happens when you do. In a moment of letting go and letting God, the prisoner goes free. And the prisoner might not be who you'd expect it to be. You see, the prisoner is the one holding on to the offense. 
withholding forgiveness? Are you being held captive today because you're holding on to an offense and withholding forgiveness? Is, is, is it, are, are you holding on to it or is it holding on to you? Who's got the grip on who? What if I told you that you could be free today of that? What if I told you that freedom can only come from letting it go? Would you be willing to let it go and let God take over? Freedom comes with forgiveness. God will give you freedom from your past and give you a hope and a future that lies ahead. Some of us require uh, rewiring because we've been brought up in this mindset to only love those who love us and to and that it's all that it's okay and it's and it's perfectly fine to hate those who hate us. But Jesus calls us to a different standard, to a higher standard. He's calling us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. That to love like Jesus means to forgive like he did. Before we conclude our time together, I want to share with you two more scriptures. The first one was written uh, in the first, uh, by first century uh, follower, the Apostle Paul. And if you were to know his story, then you would understand the full impact of this verse that's found in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God showed us great love by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. No one can earn forgiveness. Forgiveness can only be given. It's a gift, a gift of grace. And so as it is freely offered to us in our broken sinful state, we offer it to others in their sinful broken state. God does not leave us the option of withholding forgiveness. Second uh, scripture I want to close with here, it's a conversation by, between Jesus and one of his disciples, and it's found in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 22. Matthew 18, 20, uh, 21 to 22. And it says this, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Uh, no, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. 70 times seven. See, religious leaders uh, that were teachers back then, known as rabbis, uh, during that time, during Peter's time, taught that people uh, should only forgive those who have offended them only three times. Only three times. And, and Peter here is trying to be especially generous, and he's asked Jesus if seven times, because seven is a perfect number, so he's trying to brown nose a little bit, and he's wondering, Jesus, is that enough times to forgive somebody? But Jesus answered 70 times seven, meaning that we shouldn't even keep track of how many times others have sinned against us. We should always forgive, not for the sake of others, but for our sake. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this message today. And Lord, for those that are needing forgiveness, I pray that they would receive it. But Lord, those that have been withholding forgiveness, I pray that they would do so. Lord, it's not their burden to carry anymore. This offense and this burden and this bitterness that they've been carrying, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. In fact, it's killing them. Killing them from the inside out. 
turning them into people that they, they were never meant to be. And so, Father, I pray today for those that have been hurt and are finding it difficult to get let go, I pray today that they would receive your power, the power that comes through your Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the grave. And so, Father, today I pray for freedom. I pray for freedom. Lord, I pray for those that maybe have never accepted your forgiveness, and today they're ready. And so, Lord, I pray that as they come to you and say, Lord, forgive me, I need you, that you would come into their lives and that they would live differently from here on in. We thank you for your, your promises, Lord, and we thank you for your promise in this, that we can be free, that we can live forgiven. I thank you for this, in Jesus' holy name, amen.